Oh, did y'all did y'all get to see the celebration on the Fourth of July that they held in Washington D.C.? Wasn't that awesome? I was so proud of America. I'm so proud. Amen. And and I heard a guy say this, and uh, uh, Margaret, I think Margaret sent me a, a link to this uh, YouTube video where the guy was saying, "Let's don't call the United States just America again. Let's start calling it when someone when we refer to our country." Let's start calling it the United States of America. Let's start speaking the word united over our nation because we are literally right now divided in in our philosophies and politically and in other areas. We are very much divided and there's a lot of anger. There's a lot of strife. So let's begin to declare and anytime it's that's a possibility that word comes up or that our nation, the name comes up, say it like that. The United States of America and start declaring it and start speaking it over this country. When you pray, start declaring it. Amen. I didn't get the new wire yet. But one of these days. Okay. So, Father, we just thank you for our government and our leaders in the nation and in our state and in our communities, local communities. We ask you, Lord, that these uh, leaders be men and women of of God, that they uh, would listen to the voice of God and and uh, obey the voice of God in the decisions that they make regarding our welfare. Now, we pray, for Father, for uh, the President and his family that they would have protection. Lord, we pray your protection over them and all those in Washington who are in government and political offices. We pray for their protection as well. And uh, we just thank you for this great nation, Lord. We we know in our hearts that this nation was founded upon Christian principles. And, and we just ask you to just bless and continue to bless this nation as we are today. And we give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Unity. Speak unity. Now, we're going to talk about, I'm getting back into the series again uh, that we've been on family, God's design. And we're in, I'm calling this part 10, uh, even though we had three parts to part nine. Now we're in part 10 and, and we're going to continue from there. I still got a couple of months to go with this. Is everybody enjoying this? Uh, this is going to help you. And I want to tell you something about today's message. It's called husband and wife teamwork, husband and wife, family, God's design. It's, it's a teamwork uh, to be a husband and wife. In the house. It's a teamwork. It's, it's a team thing. Uh, we all have seen sports uh, like basketball. And, and can you believe Kawhi went to Clippers? What's up with that? Some of y'all don't know what I'm talking about. Kawhi Leonard is going. Is he going to the Clippers for sure? He just played the Clippers in the playoffs and beat them. Now he's going to join them. Chris, do you need to talk to that guy? I don't know, but it must be good. It must be good money. Uh, I'd be hard for me to turn down $20 million or something. You know, who knows? Man. But anyway, where was I at? Teamwork. Oh, that's what I was talking about. See, see, Kawhi Leonard is a superstar in a, in a, a, a team. A team that has somebody like Kawhi Leonard is blessed. They're blessed because that guy is a superstar. He's a, what they call a franchise player. 
You know, a franchise, he will make or break a franchise. He made a franchise in Toronto. Now he broke them. <laughs> he broke from that. But, but uh, he's a winner. And uh, he, he tries to win, you know. So, it, it, but, but the truth is, Kawhi couldn't have done that by himself. If you put him against the other five on the opposite team, he, he'd never make it. They'd swamp him. You got, it's a team. It's five players on both sides. You can't. It's like me. I was on the, uh, I was on the state tournament team that we went to state when I was in high school. I was on the team. But I sat the bench. Most of the time through the playoffs. I was too short. I was too slow. But in practice, I gave those guys all kind of trouble. They wouldn't have been near as good as, you know, as they were without me being there at practice every day. Every day at practice. Am I right? All right. So, so I want you to look at husband and wife is really a team. It's a team, uh, it's teamwork. It takes teamwork. You gotta work together in this. If one doesn't help or doesn't become an, an, a working partner in the, in the marriage, it's gonna struggle. It's gonna be hard. It, it'll probably fail. Most of the time when it's only one making all the decisions and one doing all the work and one doing everything, it's going to fail. It's going to fail quick. You all get me? I want to tell you, I want to start before I get into the series. Today, today's message may not be politically correct. It's not. I'll just tell you right off the bat. It's not politically correct. But it is scripturally accurate. Because a lot of people today, a lot of women today, and maybe men as well, when they hear this message today, are going to say, well, ain't nobody like that. Nobody acts like that today. Nobody's uh, like that in a marriage today. Oh, yeah, they are. Oh, yeah, they are. Somebody's been married 45 years, I know for a fact. Yeah, they're still around. Amen. So, I don't want you to think, oh, this is, this is just old-fashioned. The Bible's old-fashioned. No, the Bible is, is relevant. To every age. Every age. So as we get into this, I'm going to say some things that you're going to probably get the hair rise up on your back or on your arms or wherever they rise up. Probably some of you don't have any on your head. It won't rise up there. (laughs) But, (laughs) But it's going to be good. It's going to be good. And I want you to listen carefully. If you're married in here, how many are married in here? Look at that. There's a lot of couples in here. Listen to what I have to say today. This teamwork, this part of the series is very valuable to you to listen to. Don't, don't shut your ears off just because it may sound a little old-fashioned, but because it'll, it'll help you. It'll help everybody, every couple in here. Amen? And if you're not married and you haven't gotten married yet, maybe one of these days when you do get married, it's going to help you. Amen? I do this. Actually, a lot of the stuff that I'm going to talk about today is things that I've talked about when I do marriage uh, counseling before people get married, when they come to me for a wedding, and I, I counsel with them. So I talk about a lot of this then. So, uh, But uh, listen, a happy, successful marriage and family, they don't just happen automatically. It doesn't just happen automatically. Uh, it's got to be built the same way as a house. First, then there must be a strong foundation in the house, right? You don't just go starting to build the bathroom without the foundation 
or the roof. You've got to have the foundation. Then the walls are constructed. And finally, the roof and all the finishing touches. So, as Christians, our foundation is the Word of God. It's the Word of God. And everything is built upon that foundation. And if the blueprints are followed and everything is constructed according to the designer, God, then a beautiful marriage and family and home will be the end result. I promise you. I almost guarantee you that. After the wedding and the honeymoon are over, married life begins. And with it comes a barrage of questions. Are we both going to work? And I ask these questions to people who are going to get married. Who will do the cooking? I haven't asked that one, but that's a good question. I might start asking that one. Who will do the cooking? Who does the laundry? Who will handle the finances? Should we have two checking accounts or one? I believe a lot of couples today get married before they ever even discuss any of these questions. They just get married. Me and Kim just we just getting married. Let's just get married. I was tired of driving back and forth to San Marcos day and day and day and night. She was living over there in a the dorm when we were going to college, and I was driving back and forth, coming back to work after school, then going back at night to visit her, then come back home and sleep. I said, we've got to get married, honey. I can't keep this up. <laughs> and then reality then begins after people get married, and in a few weeks, a few months, reality hits them right in the face. And in many cases, it may just hit one of them. And very often, here's what a lot of arguments, this, here's where a lot of arguments arise. Who's going to do what? We never thought about this. We, we lived in separate houses, and then we came together, we got married, and now, who's going to do this? You're supposed to do that, I'm going to do this. And we've got to make these decisions. We need, to, we need to really talk about it before we get married. But once we're married, then we need to discuss it. And so I want to discuss the subject of teamwork in marriage and family. Sort of a division of labor and management course for the home and family. First of all, I want to remind us that, that God has a perfect plan for the structure of our marriages and our homes. And it's, and it's found in His Word. And even though times have changed and our society is way different than it was in Bible times, the Word of God is timeless. God's plan for mankind is still the same as it was then, way back there. We've talked in this series the past few months about the roles of both the husband and the wife and the fathers and mothers. So today I want to bring them together and talk a little bit about their roles together as a team. This is very important. Now, I'm telling you, uh, there was issues that we talked about in the husbands, what the husbands are supposed to do, responsibilities uh, of the husband and the father. And we talked about the roles of the wife and all that. But today we're talking about them coming together as a team. And what do we do together as a team? Uh, A husband and wife team. A father and a mother team. Both in the same context. But remember to keep in mind that this plan only works in marriages where both the husband and the wife are willing to submit themselves to it. Key. That's key. Both have to submit. Uh, oftentimes, Kim and I will counsel with people on, on marriage, people that are having struggles in their marriage or something, and we'll talk with them. But a lot of times, uh, one just wants to meet and not the other. If we don't get 
both people to come together, it's often very difficult to, to counsel because you're only hearing one side of the story. Even though it may be the exact truth, you only get one side of it. And it's better to have both people to come together. Then you see how they respond to one another in the things that they say to us. So it's better to have together, to be together. So let's, um, let's talk about God's division of labor and management first, and then we'll discuss the teamwork aspect of the husband-wife role. Men have two basic roles to play in the family, and women have two basic roles in the family as well. And now when it comes to the role of man that man plays in ministry, uh, the term bishop is often used to describe it. Let's look at what the qualities of a bishop are. They're found in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 5, and it says this. This is a faithful saying. If a man desires the, pos- the position of a bishop, he desires a good work. A bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, temperate, sober-minded, of good behavior, hospitable, able to teach, not given to wine, not violent, not greedy for money, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not covetous. Y'all know what covetous means? Huh? Well, it's just not wanting everything. Something that somebody else has. That's covetous. Uh, one who rules his own house well, having his children in submission with all reverence. And for if a man does not know how to rule his own house, how will he take care of the church of God? Now, these are qualifications and qualities of a bishop. And um, a bishop is not mentioned in the fivefold ministry gifts listed in Ephesians 4.11, which is the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. But a bishop actually refers to anyone who operates as an overseer, someone who oversees. The same characteristics that apply to a bishop also apply to every Christian husband. Somebody say amen. amen. As the head of his house, the man is the bishop or leader or overseer of his household. One that rules. How many of you wives, just let me stop right. How many of you wives would love to have an overseer in the house in your husband? You would love that. Right? I mean, that's, that's, guys, husbands, this is what your wives really want. It's the truth. They want somebody to lead. They want somebody to take over. They want somebody to oversee things. Not dominate, but lead. Amen? There's a difference. Responsibility and accountability come with headship. Let me say that again. Responsibility and accountability come with headship. In fact, it's the husband who's responsible and accountable for what his wife and children learn and do, including the sins they may commit. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. But think about this. When Eve ate the forbidden fruit in the Garden of Eden, it wasn't called sin until after Adam did it. Why? Because God gave the command to Adam, not Eve. It was his job to enforce that command and ensure they remained obedient to God. I'd have spanked Eve if she'd have done that. On the behind. Look, look at Genesis 3, 
6 and 7. Genesis 3, 6 and 7. It says, So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. And later God, he called out to Adam in the garden, not Eve. He called out to Adam. And he gave Adam an opportunity to take responsibility for the wrongdoing he and Eve had committed. In Genesis 11, this is what what he said. And he said, God said, who told you that you were naked? And Andrew Womack's got a book titled that. Who told you you were naked? I, have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you that you should not eat? And what did Adam do? <laughs> that woman. It was that woman. He pointed the finger at his wife. As a result of his refusal to take responsibility for their actions, sin invaded the earth. God holds leaders accountable for the actions of those who follow them. Amen. Did you hear me? Husbands, did you hear that? Like if a child breaks the law, the parents are held accountable. Right? Should be. If your dog gets loose and bites someone, you might be going to court. Right? And this is the same accountability and responsibility that the man has with his family. God will look to you, men, when things go wrong. So, men, take your position as head of the household and quit passing your responsibility on to your wives. Amen. Amen. The number one basic role of the husband slash father in the marriage and family is to lead. Lead. The number two basic role of the husband father is to provide. Lead and provide. Lead and provide. Can y'all remember that? Make a note if you can. Write it down. First Timothy 5.8 says, read this, But if anyone does not provide for his own, and especially for those of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. One, script, one version says an infidel. Worse than an infidel. If you're in your wedding vows, in your wedding vows, if you got married by a preacher, you promise to provide for your wife. In God's division of labor and management, it's the man who should provide for his household. If your wife looks bad, that's a reflection on you. I'm not talking about ugly. I'm talking about bad, like I see. If her clothes are bad or if she dresses bad and she doesn't have makeup and she needs makeup. And she... <laughs> i got to shut up now. But if your wife looks bad, that's a reflection on you. Take Or your kids. Take care of your wife and kids. If your kids look bad, that's you. Now, for the wives, mothers, God's plan for his... Let me get on move on right quick. God's plan for his divine division of labor and management... The wife has two basic roles. Number one is maintain your home. Maintain the home. Maintain the home. That includes the yard. 
While I'm at it. No, it's not. It's the home. My wife, I tell you what, uh, she does take care of the yard, but Lee, Lee takes care of the mowing. He takes care of the grass. <laughs> but maintain the home. Man, manage and uh, and number two is manage the home. Let's just move right along. <laughs> Titus 2, 4, and 5 says, it just went blank now. We have nothing. They turned the cameras off, I think. <laughs> that would make Sunday's bleepers. Bloopers. Bleepers. Bleeper 2. Oh, Lord Jesus, help me get through this. I've got four minutes left. <laughs> Titus 2, 4, and 5 says, I knew this was going to be good, that they admonish the young women to love their husbands, to love their children. And, and verse 5, to be discreet, chaste, homemakers, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be blasphemed. See, wives, and uh, you're supposed to train your kids. You're supposed to train your, your daughters and teach the younger women in the church also about how to be a good wife. That's what your role is. Your role as a wife is to do that. And um, keep it. the woman's role in the house is to maintain her, home, her, her uh, home and keep it clean and orderly. And all the men said, Amen. Now, don't get mad at me, wives. This is God's idea, not mine. <laughs> what happened? Oh, they put me on there? Don't put me on there. I didn't give you permission for that. <laughs> Wives are to do their part to run the household efficiently. The wife is the one, listen, oh, this is good. The wife is the one who cooks, cleans, washes the clothes, and keeps the home orderly. Notice I didn't say washes the dishes. Because I wash the dishes every now and then. In fact, I do mop and vacuum occasionally. Kim will say maybe once a year or something like that. <laughs> but I never clean the clothes because I'd ruin them all. I just don't know how to wash. I've never, I've never been taught. She never taught me, and I didn't ever try to learn either. But, uh, but Kim does the cooking. I tell you, when I do the cooking, we go out. <laughs> we go to Blake's. We go to Memes. We get out. That's when I do the cooking. Okay, Mama, I'm cooking tonight, so we go. Wives are to do their part to run the household efficiently, though. That's a very important role. A messy house is not something anyone wants to come home to. Listen, I want to tell you, I've been to some houses. <laughs> I, mean, I, I haven't been to your house, maybe. But I've been to some houses where you had to make a trail to get through clothes and stuff. I, I have. It's like... Who, who's the wife here? That's the first question I ask. Who's the wife here? Uh-oh. So, wives, a messy house is not something anyone wants to come home to. Take pride in your home and do your best. You know what me and Kim did the other day? We just drove down an alley to see what the back of people's houses look like. Oh, Lord Jesus. <laughs> Drive down some alleys. Let's all start driving down alleys. 
And when you leave today and go home, ride down the alleys and see what your neighbor's yards look like in the back. Man, I want to tell you something. Our backyard is immaculate to the pavement. From the fence to the pavement. We, I mean, we just keep it mowed. We keep it nice. We even got, we even got sprinklers in the, in the alley side. Because we want it to look nice. I want to win. I don't. My wife is, she loves a, a nice place and it looks nice. She does it. It's a paradise for us. We've been in that house and we're not extravagant. We've been in that house for 44 years. We moved from one house when we got married to that house we're in right now. We've been there 44 years. We bought that house for $27,000. I wouldn't sell it now. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. That's what I'm talking about. A messy house. Okay. Now, I know a lot of you wives work. And that's what you were waiting for, me to get to this part. And in that case, you have to make the necessary adjustments and work together with your husband in seeing that the needs to the needs of your home. Work with your husband on that. Husbands, if the wife is helping you to provide financially, you help in doing the housekeeping as well. Amen. The wife said. There you go. See, it's as simple as that. So I make all the money in my house and I don't have to do none of that. No, yeah, I do. I do. I do. I help her, though. I help her. It's a lot of work. That's a lot of work. I, man, that vacuum cleaner hurts me. So I got her, told her, let's buy a lighter one. We got the lightest one we could find. And it still hurts. But God sets order for the division of labor and management, and it doesn't change. Listen, with God. Work together with your wife. If, you, if she's helping you, work together to provide. Then you work together with her to make to keep the house. When couples make adjustments because of the lifestyle they want, the responsibilities need to be shared as well. And everybody said? So come to a place of agreement on what you want for your home. Number two, basic role of the wife is to manage your household. You make sure that the household runs smoothly and efficiently. Make sure the bills get paid, that there's food in the house. See that the kids are properly trained, educated, and disciplined. Amen? Manage your household like it was a small corporation. You're in business. You know what they told us at the funeral home the other day? That you can't put housewife down for a job that your wife had. Housewife. You can't put that down anymore. What's the matter with that? Who said that? Who made that rule? That's a job. Housewife is a job. Amen. So manage your household like it was a small corporation. Delegate duties to your children and follow up to see that they are carried out. Discipline your children. They don't rule the house. You do. Somebody say, Amen. Amen. Kids don't run the house. You do. You are managing your household and also teaching your children about responsibility and accountability also. And you'll have a peace. You'll have peace of mind in the midst of it all. First Timothy 5.14 says, Manage the house. Manage the house. Do you still have that scripture? We're getting there. We're getting there. A large part of the responsibility of managing the household is the training of children, too. Don't leave it up to the school teachers to discipline and train your children. You do it. You hear me? Do you hear me? Nobody's responding. Are you all ready to go eat or something? 
Don't leave it up to the school teachers and other people to discipline your kids. You do it. And I want to tell you something, people. Listen, if your kid gets in trouble at school, don't, don't immediately fly off at the teacher until you get the facts. Everybody gets all mad at the school and the teachers. They ain't even heard the facts yet. Go sit down with the teacher, find out the facts. Then if it's, if it's something wrong that, that the teacher made a bad judgment or the kid did, you can get it work from there. But, man, how would you like to be the teacher? Anyway, and don't pass all the role, off the role of being the disciplinarian to the other spouse. Don't just put it all off on the husband or husband. Don't just put it all off on the wife either. Whichever parent happens to be around when discipline is needed is the one who should follow through with the discipline. Amen. Another part of managing the household is managing the money wisely. If you're the one who makes sure the bills get paid, then don't spend money on things you can't afford. Be a wise steward. Work together with your spouse to manage the finances of the household. I don't recommend two checking accounts, one for her and one for him. I don't really recommend that. I don't think, I think because when you got married, you came together, you were one. You became one. And that's what I tell every couple when I do marriage counseling, you, you get married, you become one, and that checking account should be one. But you, you sure got to communicate and, and stick together in the decisions you make in gar- regards to spending. So be wise in that. Work together with your spouse to, finance, to the, manage the finances. Uh, when you, uh, well, uh, okay. okay. I already said all that. <laughs> this is not, uh, okay. Here's a good rule to follow when it comes to handling finance, finances in the family. Don't ever spend money without consulting your spouse. That, that's right, isn't it? I mean, I'm talking about large amounts, like if you're going to spend over $100 or something. Talk about it. Talk about it. I'll let Kim have a little more rain than that. But uh, <laughs> she's a wise steward. But not everybody's wise about what they need. They just got a lot of people got a lot of lust of the world and they want to buy this and they want to buy that. We need this, we need that. And they stack up a lot of debt. We got plastic, it's okay. We just put it out there on plastic. No. Talk about everything you spend. Talk about it with one another. Talk about your budget. Amen. Don't ever spend money without consulting your spouse. Now, whoever's in charge of handling the money should be the one who's good at it. And responsible. And it could be either one. This is not a gender thing. It doesn't matter who it is. But still, both of you should take active roles in managing the money. I think a very wise thing for all husbands and wives to do is to sit down frequently and discuss the finances and the bills. Find out where, you're, where you are financially. Make a budget and stick to it. And uh, that's one thing, Billy and Donna, they're not here this morning, but that's one thing they're good at is helping you get to the place of Setting a budget, making a budget, and helping you with your finances. They'll do that free. Free. So it's good stuff. So set some goals of where you are and where you want to be financially in six months or a year from now, two years. It's very wise to plan ahead. Listen, together, husbands and wives, you are a very powerful team. The key to the success, to the successful division of labor and management is both spouses' willingness to support one another when needed. This can be summed up in two words. Submission and honor. Submission and honor. Submission to one another and honor to one another. Both ways. Submitted, listen to this statement. 
And you might want to write this down. Submitted spouses are those that love, honor, and respect God and and one another. Submitted spouses are those that love, honor, and respect God and one another. In submitting to your spouse, you support one another. When one needs help, the other is there to provide it. Help one another in accomplishing the mission of taking care of the household and the family. God has called you to work as a team. Listen, both husband and wife at times may have to set aside their own wants and desires in order to provide for and protect the family. Whenever you make an effort to help your spouse in whatever way they need you to help them, you pave the way for a happier, more fulfilling relationship. Talk it out. Uh, Ecclesiastes 4, 9, and 10 says this. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion, but woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. You have seen that commercial? Help, I've fallen, I can't get up. (laughs) So it's not easy having to do everything by yourself. None of us are superman or superwoman. superwoman. Remember the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. When you got married, both of you said, I do. And I will. Hopefully. You said that. And now you are one and you say, we do. And we will. One last scripture for all of us here. First Corinthians 4.2 says, Moreover, it is required in stewards, managers, that one be found faithful. Faithful. Be a faithful steward. Amen. As a team, the husband and the wife together must always do what the master asked them to do. He is the rock. The very foundation of their marriage, their family, and their homes. I'd like to just pray for all the marriages here. All the people who are married here right now. In Jesus name. Father I thank you for. Marriage and family. That was your design. That was your plan. Your purpose. It didn't just happen by accident. And it doesn't happen by accident. We pray that you would just strengthen the marriages in this church right here today. There may be marriages right now who are, who are in strife who are on the verge of of divorce, I pray right now against the enemy who has come to drive a wedge in between them. God, you hate divorce. God hates divorce. I pray, Father, right now for the marriages to be restored and healed. Those areas that are in conflict in these marriages, Father, only you can bring peace into that household. They both humbly submit themselves before you. And come together as one again in forgiveness and humility. Bring them together right now in Jesus' name. I pray that for every marriage in this room. I pray, Father, that you would strengthen these marriages and they would become one with you, one together as a team in this, in this uh, world that you've called and you've designed in this family union. We bless them today in Jesus' name.